connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Jimmy Palmiotti, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Now pay attention and stop playing with your dick. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con. You can log on to Denver Comic Con right now and purchase tickets for all three days. And remember, Denver Comic Con wants to let you know that there is still tickets available for all three days currently. So do not buy them from third-party sources because you want to support Pop Culture Classroom, which in turn supports children's learning and other programs throughout the Denver area. So do it. What are you laughing at me for? You're not going to support him? No, no. You fucking I'm just, asshole. I'm just, I'm just laughing. You're what just, about all the fucking kids' cute. hearts are fucking breaking? No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to see how many I times think I can you're say adorable. fucking. While you I'm doing? promoting a kid's thing. How you doing, Ryan? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, the voice you just heard is James. Yeah. And we have Brad. Yep. And we have Zach. Zach. <laughs> And every week, the real nerds go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Hidden Figures, so stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we will review the movie and also spoil a true story for you. Um, <laughs> uh, we also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray, and we also tell you where to see movies around town in a segment I like to call, Brad going around town in his Jeep Cherokee. It's gray. He's pulling up his phone so he can find out what Blade of Rain did. <laughs> just to say, you got to keep the song going for a little while. Brad's not ready yet. Yeah, you heard it, James. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't cut it up. And now he pulled up his calendar. <laughs> uh, and that's what's The, the Wi-Fi here so fast. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at a pinwheel. I think so it's close. your older model of iPhone. So, while uh, the Esquire's uh, PDF is uh, pulling up, I can still remind everyone that uh, January 31st is the next open screen night at the Bug Theater, where you can see Thunderbolt 2 in 3D and The After Show by Zach Eastman. Who... In 2D! <laughs> cool. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Um, and Zach, that, what's what's the after show about? The after show is about a podcaster whose night goes terribly wrong when a mysterious intruder enters his house. And if you want to see Spencer Kane in his underwear, <laughs> then you're in luck. Do I? <laughs> I no, won't seriously. be at that. <laughs> Just for that. Um, and then the other thing is uh, January 25th at the Bug Theater again uh, is another EFP Talks. And I will be co-hosting a seminar. As Marty McFly? <laughs> dressed as Marty McFly. Um, that's just the poster. Because we're running out of time, which is the focus is uh, uh, managing see? a production in under two hours. See, if you just thought Brad was a pretty face, also know that he's a clever dude. Pretty face. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
Did I just really throw you off by doing no, that? No, I'm trying to get the, the, the PDF to scale because I can't read the date on it. So I'm guessing. Hey, Brad, generally... compliment, and he loses his track. <laughs> Brad, you got a pretty face. <laughs> that sounds so Show creepy. me what you can do with that pretty mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk with that pretty mouth and tell you that Donnie Darko <laughs> is this Friday and Saturday's Midnight at the Esquire. So cool. You can see that in the theater. And uh, and the regular EFP is this Thursday, so you can see I don't know four or five short films from local filmmakers. Five bucks, free beer. Awesome, free beer. Yeah, there, gonna be there. And that's what's happening around here. Thanks, Brad. Hey, no problem. I really want to put a, a make a poster for the after show. And one of the quotes is, I'm not going to that, Ryan Frost. <laughs> Do it. Uh, um, this, is what's, five bucks. <laughs> this is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mitz Ross. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, on Tuesday, January 17th, Natural Born Killers will be playing. So if you want to see Robert Downey Jr. to give a good performance and sit through two and a half hours of crap, you can. Oh, is he in that? He is. He's really good. He's the Australian reporter. I've never seen it because I know I won't like it. Is that terrible? No. You can. I have the, I, I have the oh, DVD. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have it upgraded to the Blu-ray because I have to sit through two and a half hours of Oliver Stone movie. So. Oh. Speaking yeah. of RDJ, um, did you notice in La La Land, one of the like electrical boxes on the street when... Uh, Mia's walking like she has her car towed and she walks to the club one of the electrical boxes with the graffiti on it mm-hmm. is Robert Downey Jr. is it? yeah uh, I haven't seen that in IMAX so maybe I need to <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, that's what we call in the business a segue for later oh um, One Piece film is gold also I find this kind of cool that the draft house is it, showing it's gold uh, it's like an, it's an animated movie it's not gold the Matthew McConaughey film just no? as definition yeah Sorry, James. Looks like you're not going to be there. Yep. The autopsy of Jane Doe is playing there this week. So if you want to see a uh, very cool horror film, definitely check it out. Cool. Um, Nasty Woman is playing on Wednesday the 18th on Dangerous Ground is uh, the Nasty Woman uh, series. Yeah. It's a film series on Ida Lupino. Mm -hmm. A Face in the Crowd is playing on Thursday. Uh, and Ultraman Double Feature, which is an anime, I believe, correct? Yeah, isn't that that show? I know it's a Super Nintendo game, and then it's probably based on like a Power Rangers style show, or is it animated? Yes, no, that's what it was. Yeah, it was a Power Rangers style show, I think. So it's live action, but yeah, um, rubber suits. You know, people running around kicking mud men or whatever clay, clay, clay faces. Yeah, and on uh, Friday, the Mile High Movie Roast is doing Invasion USA. Which is a Chuck Norris movie. Oh, shit. Which uh, Shout Factory put out a really badass Blu-ray of that I own. That's awesome. Because it's like awesome 80s. Did you see it? Is it good? Oh, yeah. You can borrow it if you want. It's pretty funny. I kind of do, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. Sweet. What are we doing next? I was waiting until someone <laughs> broke the silence. <laughs> Henry wrote in. Oh, Cool. I love art house movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. Hey, real nerd and centering, giving you an update on our house asshole. Uh, this week, the episode, the article is on the film. Ah, it's eight A's in a row, and then an H, and then an exclamation point. 
Uh, it is a very artsy film that uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like um, I would almost explain it as like an experimental film. Uh, basically, it's the icon. The concept is what would mankind be if we evolved in every shape and form except speech, essentially. And so it's essentially like you see everyone's day to day life, and you know, as you normally would in like a slice of life film, but no one can talk except through grunts and uh, like monkey sounds and that kind of thing. Uh, it's an interesting concept, one that I would usually call pretentious, but in execution it's so stupid that it's hilarious. Uh, it's a very funny film, and uh, if it's one of the things that, like, the more you're with it, the funnier it gets, at least in my opinion. In, in my experience, I thought it, it was funnier as it went on, but uh, yeah. That's Ah, uh, and that's this week's uh, Art House Asshole. Uh, I, if you want to check it out, I recommend it. Uh, if you don't like it the first five minutes, it's not going to get any better, so... But anyway, that's this week's episode. I hope you guys like whatever you're seeing this week. Bye. I haven't listened to it this week. Sorry. What is? I haven't either. It's it's a movie called Ah. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. I saw the article. Real monsters? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great show. The art house version. Uh-huh. Yeah. Something that has to do with a monkey, I think. Yeah, it's in the vein of where the wild things are. Oh. Yeah. So awesome. No, I'm I'm making that up. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> so. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Henry. Yeah, you know Henry's in New York, so he's. Uh, so he's part of that douche crowd. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, not a not a card carrying member. He he just you know consorts. <laughs> yes. He's he's, a, he's, he's just the part real of it. infiltrator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Russell Crowe in that movie, The Insider. Only with douches. D- 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 does Russell Crowe break anybody's arm in it? I don't remember. Because then I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I should. I mean, I, some I, people I, would say that's one of the best movies of the year. Other people would have it really low on their list. Uh, <laughs> uh, How many weeks is it now? Mm. I don't know. Is it the end of the year? Yeah. <laughs> you have 52 episodes, so you get to redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I also have him pay you a visit, Zach. Maybe not. Shane, <laughs> may, maybe more than that, because Shane Black doesn't even have a movie this year, so... Uh, right, because Predators is the year after. Uh, yeah, he's filming it right now, though. I just read yeah. they started filming. Cool. Very cool. So, like, that that's actually happening is, like, super cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking about this, I think, last week, where the dude who wrote Prisoners wrote the new Friday the 13th script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Shane Black is going back to Predator. Like, that's what I would do if I had clout. Like, I would go back to a franchise I love and say, you know what? I want to make this. I'm going to make it awesome. Yeah. Because I mean, why, why else are you in the business to make, you know, I don't know. Silence? What's that about? Hey. Is everybody just like not in tune no, right gonna, now? No, no I, we were no. just paying homage to the movie by yeah. being silent. I was, I was going to just not talk for a second in silence. Yeah. Yeah. Good. In honor of silence. Yeah. It's a running joke for this episode now is just us not talking. All right. Let's have a picture moment of silence for this now. podcast. Uh, <laughs> guess it's just going to be like every week where I have to carry this fucking podcast. Whoa. Hey. Uh, yep. That happened. Um. So, I guess we'll start with, fuck, I don't know, what's coming out on Blu-ray? Yeah! DVD releases and Blu-rays! I hope it's something cool. The Girl on the Train uh, mm-hmm. is coming out on, on Blu-ray and 4K this week, so if you want to see that, I don't know, I would see that movie again. I got a free $10 gift certificate from Best Buy, I think I'm going to get it with it, so it'll be like, I don't know, 12 bucks or something. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad at all. And I love Emily Blunt. Complete yeah. your Emily Blunt collection. She's good in that movie. She is. Uh, I learned that in the book, the whole thing takes place in England. Yep. I didn't realize that. Uh, the author of the book, uh, or the screenwriter, wanted to take an English woman and put her in 
America, so she felt even more out of place as the reasoning oh, behind it. Interesting. Mm. Cool. Uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses, which is a movie I forgot existed, is coming out on 4K and Blu-ray this week. Uh, that's the one where Gal Gadot and uh, uh, that dude from Mad Men are like spies or something, and then their neighbors are not. I think that was the movie. Uh, Resident Evil Afterlife, uh, possibly the worst looking of the Resident Evil films, is getting a 4K release this week, uh, as well as a Blu-ray release. Needs the upgrade. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got a. It's been on Blu-ray before, so I'm not sure why they're like this well, one alone has a Blu-ray release. This that's week. the only one. Well, it's the only one that was listed. Yeah, like the other ones. See. Like huh. there, it's just one, an update of just that one. That's weird. Four K. Um, Maybe it's the only one shot in four K. Well, well, yes. Only that one is getting a four K. But then they have a Blu Ray. It's probably just because they were like, well, if we're gonna put out a four K and put it on shelves, you might as well refresh the Blu Ray as well. Um, but I think I feel like just earlier, like a couple weeks ago, didn't they do like all of them? So, yeah, maybe that one just took longer. Yeah, it could to be. master or something. Yeah, it could be because the file's so much bigger. Yeah, uh, Battleship is getting a four K <laughs> release. <laughs> much so, deserved. Uh, if you really want to see Rihanna's amazing performance in 4K, you you can do that now. Remember the remember the part in that movie where all the terrible actors get like marooned on an island together. So every time you cut to that island, you're just like, oh, this is gonna be bad for a while. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, it's sitting on my shelf. I got it for a dollar fifty. Yeah. Whenever it was like uh, one of those when Trademark had like their seventy percent off used Blu-ray sales. Yeah. I got it like a year ago, and it's still sitting there. Oh, cool. Because I, I remember it being fun, but I don't yeah. know how much fun. You it's, know what I mean? It, you know, it's it's fun and stupid, like a Transformer movie. Yeah. Uh, Ouija, Origin of, of Evil. Which, Brad, you said is actually not that bad. Yeah, uh, the production design of it, like the in going in the past and everything, I think is really cool. Like, And it has the classic opening kind of slates that they used to do. So Yeah, I heard... Uh, uh, it's actually on a lot of horror movie websites, top horror films of 2016. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't blown away by the story, but just like the aesthetic of it, I thought was a nice departure. And it's, it's easy to make it like a, a teen horror movie. Type yeah. Thing, modern. Cool. Uh, Warner Brothers Archive is releasing uh, Bad Day at Black Rock, which is a Spencer Tracy, Robert Ryan movie. It's uh, so a good you... one. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, 12 Monkeys Season 2. Didn't realize that show got renewed. Um, maybe I should check it, it out. was a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of heard some good things back when it came out, so I, I felt like I should watch it, but then I never did. So maybe it's my fault. Um, but there you go. The Whole Truth with Keanu Reeves and Renee Zellweger looks like... truth. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that he's some kind of lawyer and that uh, justice is on the line. It looks uh, like the knockoff of the judge. It totally does, yeah. Yeah, with the American flag in the back and everything. Yeah, oh, I just does. got my text message for that. Oh, good. Slumber Party Massacre 2 and Slumber Party Massacre 3 in an awesome box. Nope, not what I wanted Amazon. In an awesome box set. It's a double feature from Scream Factory. Uh, the tagline for number two is, The party begins when the lights go out. Uh, and it's like, it's... It's a couple, it's three sexy ladies in their underwear, and then there's a dude in the background with like a, with a frilly leather coat on and, and an axe? Or no, it's an gu- electric guitar with a drill on the end. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's that's good too. Uh, and then the next one is, I believe, a, a, a different set of three sexy ladies in their underwear, uh, where and a, and a dude is holding a giant drill over his head, and he's like, gonna stab at him yep. with, uh, with his giant drill. Sounds so. like a slumber party massacre. You in know, the uh, the original two sequels to a classic, I'm sure. Uh, if you want, is also available from Scream Factory. Um, the dude's legs are spread open, and there's 
I think there's three women again between his legs, and the drill bit is like where his wiener is. Sure. So it's like really suggestive. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Cla- high class. Uh, Criterion is releasing a movie called Fox and His Friends, which I've not heard of. You guys know it? No. Okay. Death Race 2050, Roger Corman's sequel to Death Race 2000, which I've never seen. Yeah. I saw um, an ad for it pop up on my Instagram, and I'm like, is this real? Yeah. This doesn't seem like something that should be happening the one, ever. The one lady's pretty. As someone who took the time to, yeah. to buy... Movie. <laughs> yeah. As someone who took the time to buy Death Race 2000 at a gas station once on Blu-ray, um, I, I've never seen this one. Maybe maybe I will check this out. Look and at it, this! Look at this shirtless dude with his like laser gun, and look yeah. at look at that hair! Oh my goodness! Everyone has like a crazy mohawk thing. Oh what? All right, this might be worth it. And by worth it, I mean complete garbage. Uh, Lago de Satana. I think this is a movie where Satan attacks you in Spanish. And, and Lago. Yes, in Lago. <laughs> uh, well, it's the say it's the Satan of Lago. I think that's what that is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just like this cover because there's a lady and she's in bed, and then there's a dude with a scythe. So that might be cool. If yeah, it's, you're it's into the, that. It's the Satan, bro. <laughs> uh, there's some animated movie called Long Way North that I've never heard of, but I don't know. It's got some style to it. Maybe check that out. Uh, the Hollow Point, which is a Western movie that I've never heard of, but it's got Ian McShane in it, so maybe that's cool. Uh, and then last, but whoop, probably least. Uh oh, come on. Uh, there's an Aaron Paul movie called Come and Find Me. That I've never heard of. Uh, so, so you're going to oh, go and find it. Wait, it's directed by Zach Whedon, though. No. Maybe worth checking out. Maybe worth checking out. I don't know. That guy does stuff. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Anyway, that's, uh, that's everything. I should have saved the horror movie for last. <laughs> hey, what's happening in real news? It's real news. Not a whole lot. Uh, some casting news, that kind of stuff, um, but not not a whole lot of interesting stuff. Uh, the writer of The Exorcist died this week, whose name I don't remember. Zach William Peter Blatty. Yeah. Uh, so that's... also director of the third one. Yep. The uh, the heretic. The heretic. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. So if you want to get a collector's edition of that, it's available through Screen Factory, which is his, he recorded in a commentary for uh, recently. So. Cool. Some people say the the work print version is better than the theatrical version. I, I've never seen it, and it's one of those Scream Factory collector's editions that I should get because I haven't seen it. But because I haven't seen it, I'm really hesitant to get a $27 Blu-ray. But, I mean, a Scream Factory, so the Blu-ray is going to be good. Yeah. But it's how well the movie is because uh, the second Exorcist is garbage. Yeah. Which I heard that the third one makes up for it, but I don't know. I don't love the first one. I mean, one. need I remind you, yeah, you, do own, right. yeah. you do own Microwave Massacre, so, I mean, like, you can't really go Yeah, but wrong. I got that for sixteen ninety nine. so... Okay, then, okay. And well, as long gonna... as there's a price difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other thing that... Okay, so I saw that Tom Hanks is apparently, like, circling around the villain role in uh, Tim Burton's Dumbo movie, and the thing I thought was... Tim Burton's making a Dumbo movie? <laughs> yeah. Ryan, explain to me why everything is terrible. With Will Smith. Yeah. Did you know about this? Uh, yeah, they announced it maybe a year ago. Oh, no. Um, which which I just heard it was Dumbo. I didn't realize Tim Burton was. Yeah. Uh, which it worries me because Dumbo really doesn't lend itself to Tim Burton's style. Uh, the only thing I could see is if they're like, Tim Burton's directing the Elephants on Parade. 
you know, uh, segment. And I was like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. But the whole movie, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm sure that it's one of those, like, it seems like one of those producer decisions of, guys, there's so much money in Alice in Wonderland movies. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we have this guy do one of our, our live-action Disney adaptations? Which, who but, knows, maybe he decides he's going to change his style for Dumbo and make it yeah. um, hey, like if he, Big if Fish. If he doesn't like Big Fish or, like, Big Eyes mm-hmm. or, you know, Big 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 Elephant, you know. Well, I, well, I hope. <laughs> to complete the big trilogy. <laughs> yeah, complete the big trilogy. <laughs> well, well, I do hope that he realizes that maybe his aesthetic isn't catching on like it used to yeah like because his last few movies haven't done well yeah and you know you got to change sometimes you got to roll with it you can yeah. still keep your what you want but you don't change your times well and it's possible that you know with the success that they're having off of these live a- action adaptations that disney will do you know what they're what what the marvel team is doing with their movies where they sort of you know pull in the rain some and make sure that like, okay, the movie's got to look a certain way. Like we need it to sort of be cohesive with some of the other stuff we're doing. Not that you want those movies don't necessarily need to all have the same style, but it, it would be weird if all of a sudden one of your live action adaptations looks like weird Alice in Wonderland, yeah, like I lots agree. of CG, you know, or lots of bad CG stuff, you know? Um, so maybe it will be good. Yeah, we'll I don't know. I, I, I want to still like Tim Burton. Yeah. Ed Wood's really good. Yeah, Ed Wood is great. Yeah. So is Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and that's about it for me for him. Batman's good. Uh, Big Fish yeah. is great. Uh, you know, I actually like Sweeney Todd a lot. Yeah, Sweeney Todd is really because good, too. Because yeah. I mean, it's pretty dark. I mean, it fits his style. But, it does. But it's still, it, it, his style works for that, I guess. It, it has yeah. other stuff going for it. Yeah. At least the story there. Like, I mean, well, and I had never really known Sweeney Todd before, so when I got to see that the first time, it was actually pretty fun for me. So... Um, he gets extra points for me for actually being a well-made story. So you know, whereas the rest of his garbage tends to be not great. But yep. we'll see. Uh, for uh, big news for James Gunn fans like me, uh, Slither is getting a Scream Factory collector's edition. Oh, really? Which I predicted earlier last year when they got the Universal catalog. That's awesome. And I'm like, man, they should really put that. Deserves like a Scream Factory you know, collector's edition. And so even James Gunn is really excited about it, which is cool because he already does puts a lot of work into his Blu-rays and stuff. So that means he'll probably be involved. Um, so that makes me excited. And uh, they released the date and the price for Nintendo Switch yeah. and a bunch of games. And the the Mario game gets me really, really excited because I think it's way different. And I love the idea of playing as Mario in New York City, like real New York City. Um, New Donk City. Yeah, Yeah, New New Donk City. And I I mean, it's just cool because the one thing I always love about Nintendo is they take innovation with their games, their first party games and their systems. And they try to push the the video game world Mm. and uh, watching it where you can control Mario's hat and it helps him reach farther places and his hat's alive. I think it's fun. It weirded me out when his hat got eyes. Really? I think it's yeah. cool. When, when the eyes popped up, I was like, no! <laughs> Not I, okay. I like the idea of it, like using it as an extra platform when you don't have one. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Miyamoto said that this game is going, is like for core players. It's not, well, I think 3D World is maybe the best Mario game in a really long time. Yeah. Um, that game was cool. I think it's cool that they're going like, oh, they're going to make a hard, hard Mario game and kind of go back to the exploration of the earlier uh the earlier 3D ones. Yeah. Um more open world. And then uh the new Zelda game Ugh. looks stunning mm-hmm. and it there's a great on Can't IGN wait. they have a great graphics comparison from the Wii U to the Switch. Yeah. And it's pretty substantial. Cool. Um and so it, it's March 9th, March 3rd. 3rd. 
It's the first time that, like watching that uh, that press conference when it was over. It was the first time I've ever felt like, dude, I could get a Nintendo console. Like this seems cool. No, it's like, really I kind of cool. want one of these. You know, you should probably let people no. know. Uh, there's three versions of Zelda that are coming out. Yeah, so you can pre-order the Master Edition, which has like um, a cloth map, a uh, medallion, um, a carrying case for the Switch. That's like the the chic design. Oh sure. And then what's the other thing? Oh yeah, it's the master the statue, sword. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a uh, was it the special edition is just like the game in a different box, and then everything but the master sword. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then there's just the game version. Cool. And then I th- so the other launch title title is the new Mario, well Mario Kart Eight, but deluxe edition. So it has a bunch of new characters and tracks, and I I think it's fun, and I think for a Nintendo system to be successful, everyone you know is talking about the third party stuff. I actually think they need to be more consistent with their first party stuff. Oh yeah. Well, it's part of what's great about this is that instead of having their first-party stuff split between a mobile device and an actual console, then they can just be good at putting all that stuff on one console that makes the console worth it. Whereas, I think the last, especially with the Wii U, like I think a lot of people started feeling like, well, wait a second, I actually only own this thing for the three or four Nintendo games that I care about, and then what was it for? You know, like I, I don't actually get to play anything else on it. Well, yeah, no, so, I mean, I agree. At least I, now, all of your games will be on that console. Because I, I mean, I, I have Rayman for Wii U. And that's actually what made me buy the Wii U. Yeah. Is because I wasn't really sold on the Wii U when I first saw it release. I'm like, oh, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get it for a long time. But then when they released the... I think Wind Waker is the best Legend of Zelda game. But when they released Wind Waker HD, I bought it, the Wind Waker version. And I got Rayman with it. And I think Rayman's maybe one of the greatest platformers that people know about but don't spend enough time talking about. Mm. Uh and that I saw the Switch has a Rayman game coming out makes me really excited. Oh, hell yeah. Um, now I'm in. Yeah. So it's cool. I, I think, you know, because Nintendo is always going to be looked at as because uh, people that like PlayStation and Xbox think Nintendo's passed them by or or they've been passed by. And I think well, they're just in a different niche. Yeah. You know? And I, I think Nintendo hands down makes the best first party games. Um, Those controllers are expensive, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're pretty special. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's a new but, a new PlayStation Four controller? I think sixty five bucks. If yeah. I if I buy that thing and when I when I snap in the Joy Cons, it doesn't make that snap sound in real life. I'm taking it back. <laughs> taking it back. Did you order just the gray one, Brad? Or did you get the fluorescent? I got the gray. Yeah, the fluorescent's too wild for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might run down and pre order it today. Which one are you I wasn't. Get? I was. I wasn't going to. I was like, man, because I get back from vacation like two weeks before it comes out so I won't have that much money. Yeah. I'm like, but I can put it on my Best Buy card. <laughs> yeah. It only charges when you pick it up. Yep. So. And yeah. by then, maybe not have it paid off. You don't, um, you don't want to fall into an NES Classic situation. Yeah. Which I think... Which, they're still not yeah. out there. I know. No. But the but dude at Target, at my nearby Target, I happened to go in, I don't know, it was a, like a week ago, and they said, uh, I went to this section and they said, NES Classics are behind the counter so you need to ask for it. I was like, oh, sweet. So I go up there, and he's like, no, nah, man, we sold out. He said people at midnight wait in line. And the only bummer is it's people that want to resell them. There's no way people want that that bad Yeah. besides us hardcore gamers. Cause it, well, there was – it seems like there was also kind of a shortage of them. Like there weren't oh, as yeah. many as there should have been. I mean, Nintendo does it all been. the time. They did with yeah. the Amiibos. Right. Um, but uh, they also just this week figured out how to crack them so you can like – you can put because there's a USB thing on there that mm-hmm. actually takes data, which means it was really easy to crack the thing, and then now you can like double the amount of games on there. Because you know the way they built it, you weren't they didn't build it so that you could put more games on it over time. 
Um, so nobody was sure, like, well, are you going to sell a, a week um, Nintendo Classic 2 with, like, the games that you couldn't get on the first one or what, you know? But at least now if you buy one, you could theoretically crack it and then yeah. put some of the games that you wanted and, that are missing on there. And personally, I don't think 60 bucks is that outrageous for that oh, no, no, thing. No. And I was reading that they've actually registered for a Super Nintendo version so cool oh i'm um, sure they so i'm sure that's the next one coming out yeah they have to have made a bunch of money on that thing oh yeah, yeah. If they go I mean, if they go make a, a bunch more of them so that they're still out there then yeah it'll, i'm it'll down be gangbusters cool yeah cool cool and this is the stuff we've been watching so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching I'm going to start because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever start on this one. Uh, no, I, no, actually, because me and Brad saw the same movie, so I'll segue into it. Oh, cool. Uh, I only saw two other things this week. So every once in a while you read about, because uh, I you know, watch so many horror films, um, there's this one called Deathgasm, which is about a heavy metal band that uses heavy metal to actually summon demons. And I heard like funny things about it. It's kind of I heard it was the New Zealand version of Evil Dead, <laughs> and I said, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. And Laura said she wanted to watch it. I was like, all right. Um, and, and it started with controversy when the Blu-ray came out. Walmart wouldn't sell it unless they changed the box art because it had a pentagram on it, <laughs> and uh, so they had to change it just for Walmart. Um, but anyways, so the story is about these kids who are at a metal band in high school, and they find. Uh, one of the heavy metal dudes like New Zealand's like premier heavy metal guy. And he gives them these pages and these pages when he plays them like summons demons and uh, he accidentally plays it too much. And then the demons overtake the town and it's super violent and it's actually pretty funny. Um, so it is like a, it's like a gory gooey comedy where the violence is so over the top. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it uses practical effects, so it looks really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, except it's, like, over-the-top, gory, gooey, silly fun. Yeah. Uh, the kids are really funny in it. Uh, I mean, they use, like, dildos to, like, fight the demons at some parts. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the kids, uh, like, his aunt and uncle who take him in because he's uh, an orphan. And so his aunt and uncle are these, obviously, these big uh, churchgoers. And uh, so they go into their bedroom when they're possessed and they're like, we need to fight him. And they grab this box that says church stuff. And it's just full of like porn and dildos and stuff. And <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, cool. Yeah. You guys all right today? You all <laughs> just sit there like, is everyone like tired? What's going on? Oh, I mean, probably. It is yes. foggy outside. So it, it is. is it's one of those days. It's one of those days. Uh, I also watched uh, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Which one is which, that? Uh, it's the... Uh, DC Animation, uh, Batman 66 cartoon. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And, I uh, talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty fun. Like, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, one of my biggest worries was Burt Ward and uh, Julie Newmar because they're so much older now. Where I, I, I mean, Adam West is too, but Adam West has been doing voice work so long yeah, that, that I wasn't that worried about He still kind of sounds like Adam yeah. West. Yeah. And, you know, actually, Burt Ward was really funny in it. Uh, I mean, Adam West knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And uh, and Julie Newmar is pretty good. Cool. It, it, it fits right in with like the 1966 uh, style. Uh, it's the most fun I've had watching Batman in a long time because cool. so much Batman's been dour lately. It's it's kind of nice to see it like have a light tone and yeah. Uh, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous what happens in it. So the story is is uh, the the villains all team up and they have a duplicate ray. And Batman uses the duplicate ray to duplicate himself, so the whole town's ran by Batman and or Batmen. Yeah. And 
he relieves Commissioner Gordon and the chief of police of their duties and he makes them like strip down to their underwear to take off their uniforms wow because their uniform is like suits Uh, it's really funny um stuff like that and i I laughed at one of the the pows in it uh batman hit some guy i think it was the penguin and it went spork i'm like that's that's funny (laughs) um so little things like that just uh and the whole aesthetic of the film i mean it was animated really well and it got the the feel of it proper um and I, I liked it. And, you know, Robin always had, like, the uh, what did Batman have? The anti-antidote spray? So <laughs> if, when they gave him the antidote, it didn't work because he already took the anti-antidote spray. Yep. Um, it's funny. Uh, so hats off to those guys, and uh, it was fun. Uh, and then me and Brad this week were able to uh, catch an advanced screening of Live By Night, the new uh, Ben Affleck gangster movie. Very cool. Uh, shot really well. I oh, think no. I think it looked really pretty. Um, I actually thought the movie was pretty good. Oh, okay, um, cool. But it's kind of everything you've seen in gangster movies before, mm. where uh, it's just like a revenge tale. Um, ben Affleck's character at the beginning is uh, a gangster, and his dad is Brendan Gleeson, who's really great in it. Is he's a is he a chief, l- of, police l- chief, or something. Of, chief of police, lieutenant of police, something like that, and. Uh, and so they're at odds, and it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. I love the the gel in it is the gel from uh, I think Batman Begins. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I recognize like the courtyard. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, Affleck's great in it, and it's violent. Yeah. Uh, Chris Cooper's really good in it. Uh, Elle Fanning's really good in it. Uh, I actually thought Chris Cooper, Chris Cooper, when he finds the pictures of his daughter, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I'm not a, a practiced actor, but it just didn't sell to me. No. It felt like he didn't know what to do in that scene. Uh, uh, so what do you think of Brad? I mean, it's a story of he's a bootlegger out of Florida is basically the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I It felt long to me, even though it was only like two hours. It felt like oh, really? three. And um, there were like a, it had these weird diversions where it felt like Ben Affleck had something personal to say. Like, I don't, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if it's in the book or not. But like, uh, it's like, it's like he'd have uh, a, he'd be having a conversation with some rival uh, company or gangster or something, and then he'd they'd make a statement about racism uh, or a statement about like equality um, uh, or a statement about religion at some point. It just like touches on all these uh, many different <laughs> yeah uh, it- like. That aren't about the bootlegging, you know. Yeah, like all of a yeah. Sudden, so. He's kind of like an amoral gangster. <laughs> like, I mean, a moral. He has a uh, he ha- a complicated morality. Complicated morality. Thank you. Yeah. Where he, he's he he's doesn't okay. like how he, uh, African Americans are being treated in the South. So yeah. he kind of makes it his personal vendetta against the KKK. And even though I thought those scenes with the the KKK dude were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's got some fun humor, like when he gets shot by his own guy. Yeah. It's like, did you shoot me? Like, yeah. no, I'm shooting that way. No, I'm pretty sure you... Yeah, you shot me. There's no way he got off a shot. It, <laughs> it does have weird, funny humor in it. But he gets shot like three times, and he he comes out pretty unscathed throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure back then, like, you're worried about infection. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's, there is some... I, I, I think my favorite scene is when he was... Uh, we're kind of at the middle of the movie where he went down to Florida... And was trying to squeeze the Italian, no, the uh, the Irish mafia was he the 
trying to screw, screw over. When he goes down to Yeah. Him? I can't remember. No, it was Italian guys. Uh, he goes he's down. He's working for the Italian guys. Yeah, he's working for the... I don't remember. Anyways, he goes down there. It's where he's running the club, right? Yeah, that's right. There's a lot down, of stuff going on in the movie. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, the and ending's goes, badass, though. Yeah, the final fight. badass. Uh, yeah, but I love the scene where he goes to the cigar thing and he's talking to... Um, the cigar manager who's a part of the KKK. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's trying to get to the KKK guy who is throwing like firebombs into his clubs because he allows like uh, black people and stuff in it. And so he talks to him and the guy says, well, that's way above my, uh, your pay grade. He says, wait a minute. Why am I wasting time talking to some fucker like you? And they just like blow his head off. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> shit got real. Yeah. Um, he's talking about like, yeah, we've got KKK people in the police yeah. and the the hospitality and uh public uh, works like we're all over the place man he's like well then why am i talking to you <laughs> he shoots <laughs> him in not the head guy they shoot him in the head yeah. um is it based on a real person i think it is it might be i don't know it's i know a, okay. it's a dennis leane yeah so it, oh i think it's so it's I, probably based on theoretically true or true ish things but not necessarily a, a real guy a conglomerate of ideas <laughs> yeah that's what it is. It's Ben Affleck saw a Dennis Lehane novel and went, I bet I can get another, I bet I can get an Oscar. <laughs> like, here we go. Uh, maybe that's why. There's also like a multiple ending thing going on, which I was like, uh, this is like too many. Yeah. Oh. Um, like after, he, well, <laughs> after the big fight, I'll say <laughs> there's like two other, like, or three resolutions, but then it like, he goes to the theater with his son mm -hmm. and then did they set up his brother at all in the movie? I don't yeah. remember that. Remember he kept on saying his brother's out in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that's like another like superfluous thing to this story, huh? Because because they're watching this western and his brother's name comes up on the screen, and I obviously didn't catch the setup that Ryan did, but I'm just like, <laughs> why is he pointing out that yeah, his he even says on... it to Elle Fanning when she's about to leave to go to L.A. Oh, I kind of started to get a little sleepy at that point. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I mean, I thought it was a good movie, but it's not. I don't know. It's not his best. Yeah. But not not, not because it's well, not well made, but... It's I don't just... know if I'd like, rush out to see it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a trailer for the new Triple X was just on your TV mm -hmm. a second ago. I did not know that Ice Cube was in that movie. Is he? Yeah. yeah well... It means that it's like... It, it, it believes that Triple X State of Play is like a real sequel. I think it's State of Union, isn't it? Whatever. State of the Union. State of, right, State of Play <laughs> is the Ben Affleck movie. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway... Um, I was surprised. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to see a gangster movie, I don't think you—it's not bad. Okay, it's which, just which I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably like it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't—I did not not like it. I actually had fun watching it, but cool. uh, I mean, it—it it just follows a lot of tropes. And, yeah, it ends up being one of those like, oh yeah, I've, like gangster movies. I've seen these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we, all, we hit all the things on the checklist. Yeah, yeah, for gangster movie. But do they drive a Packard around and have Tommy guns? Actually, th when they're doing the car chase and the police are just filing, <laughs> firing wildly mm -hmm. like at the cars to catch them and just disregarding all the pedestrians they're like, walking around. <laughs> like, hey, it was a different time, cop. man. They yeah. have the same rules. Kill everybody to get your target. I, yeah. I do remember at kind of the beginning when they're setting up the premise of the movie where the uh, rival uh, mafia guys were fighting over liquor and stuff and they're killing people in brutal ways the audience was like oh oh, oh yeah we're ready man. for what kind of violence was happening <laughs> in this film huh. people like next to me gasped every time like someone like surprised the audience with a gun yeah because <laughs> like, i mean even if they weren't firing it if they just pull it out of their pocket and you didn't see it coming yeah like <gasps> i mean there is a shot where uh 
Affleck really makes you follow a dude thrown off a building until he hits the ground. Oh, wow. So, I mean, there's some pretty cool. Well, the coolest shot is when he takes the camera and follows a dude who gets knocked down a flight of stairs and he gets shot with a Tommy gun on the way down. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure he's going to die. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I take back what hey. I said to James in the car. This sounds like something I really want to what, see. What's rule number 27? <laughs> Double tap. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's zombies in this movie. That, <laughs> that's, that, that is oh, zombie yes, land. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Zombie land was a thing. And yeah. uh, that's what I watched this week. Brad, what else did you watch? Uh, I watched a few things in addition to that. Uh, I rewatched, um, I think uh, Netflix knew that Hidden Figures was our movie this week, so they they served me uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> which I have on on DVD, but I'm still like, uh, it's already on the screen. I there. have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I think, and uh, that's cool. That's a, <laughs> it's yeah. Everything I've never, I I've actually never seen that one. Should I check it out? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 probably my favorite. Well, the Disney Robin Hood's pretty good, uh, but as far as a live action one, like, sure. I mean, the people make fun of. Costner's accent in it, but I mean, yeah. it's still pretty cool action and stuff. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, cool. And uh, Alan Rickman's great in it. Yeah. Um, the weird witch. Mor- Yo, if you've Morgan seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, just. Yeah, it's the real version. Just think of that. Of that yeah, but right, it's sure. not as, like, zany. <laughs> um, Unlike most Robins, I can speak with an English accent. Oh, he's good. He's good. I love, the, I love the, that gag where it's like, a, it's like an odd name, Latrine. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be shafts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave Kickboxer Vengeance another chance. No, I was like, did it redeem itself? What's wrong no. with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty weak. Um, obviously, I can't notice the sound issues as much. Uh, coming out of my stereo TV. But, oh yeah, because you saw it in theaters and had a bunch yeah. of issues, didn't you? Yeah, I remember. I was that. like, that doesn't sound like Jean Claude Van Damme's voice stubbed in there, but huh. um, yeah, I couldn't really tell in the, as much in this one. But yeah, it's. It's just so like all over the place. The motivation's weird. Um, yeah, action's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I also watched uh, the Around the World in Eighty Days, the Jackie Chan version. Hell yeah, that movie's okay. <laughs> With Arnold Schwarzenegger That's as right. uh, like some foreign prince. It has or a bunch of wives. Yeah, a bunch of wives. Like, yeah, I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those I saw in the mid two thousands, and I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. the thing I did. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's it's about, it's held up. It's it's like a big cartoon. Like at one point, Jackie Chan is, has a jetpack and he slams into a light pole, and the pole is like dented in his shape. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they just globe trot and they have like, to get away from what's his name. We talked about uh, last Broadbent. week. There, there was that period of time where like he was he was super popular, and it was sort of near the end, and so he was making a bunch of movies, but they were only okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had like the tuxedo and the medallion, and they're, like they're fun, but they're not like rush hour awesome yeah, you know or rumble in the bronx or... yeah it's like there's there's just when when there are so many that are amazing you get that that little s- s- uh stretch of films where you're like yeah, he's okay but at least that one does have a good sense of humor like it, it's you know trying to be something a little different yeah and this, the the cgi for like these animated maps they have is like so dated yes like they're really like sugary looking and yeah not realistic. Like when you look at the Disney opening of like the Magic Kingdom and all the trains <laughs> and everything, and then you look at the stuff in there, like yeah. Um, I also watched uh, the King Arthur from the mid, like with Kieran Knightley. The one with Kieran Knightley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Where they like fight the on theater. the ice at the end or something? Yeah, yeah I saw that one. Um, 
I hadn't seen that since theater. It's it's kind of bland. Yeah. Um, she didn't show up until like an hour into the movie. Her whole story. Well, it is thing. called King Arthur, and she's not King Arthur. Yeah, but like they feature on the poster, like she's super important to the story. Uh, no, she just has boobs and was popular yeah, at the time. Like they were. At the end. Does yeah. she have boobs? Uh, on the poster, she does. <laughs> I'm not. That's not a joke. I remember reading an article about how like she she was really pissed off when she yeah, saw the poster because like they had given her like a C cup, and she's like, "Who do you think I am? <laughs> like, come on." Anyway, but yeah, there's like uh, what's his name? Um. Uh, the scientist from Thor and everything. <coughs> oh, uh, Peter Skarsgård. Peter, no, Peter? Uh, Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. He's like the main villain in it, and like he just kind of like slumbers around and like acts evil. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of people like uh, that weren't big at the time, but like Mads Mikkelsen's one of like Arthur's oh, knights. What? Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, Mac from uh, Indiana Jones. What's his name? Mac. Yeah, his sidekick in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal oh, Skull. Oh, yeah. The uh, British guy. Uh, Ray Winston. Ray, Ray Winston. Winston. Yeah, yeah. He's in there. Uh, the Punisher, uh, Ray Livingstone. Mm-hmm. He's in there. Stevenson? Stevenson, Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. Ron Livingston, there. also yeah. there. <laughs> so, like, uh, in the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Ian. Ion. Ion. Gufford. Yeah. So you got the Punisher. You've got <laughs> Ian Gufford. <laughs> What's actually, the Fantastic Four? What's his actual character's name? Reed uh, Richards. Reed Richards. Yeah. So you got Reed Richards in there. You got the Punisher in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you so got the, the villain from the Thor in there. There's a whole bunch yeah. of Marvel stuff in that movie. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and Hannibal. Yeah. The, yeah. The villain yeah. from. Oh wait, did I say Thor? I meant uh, Doctor Strange. No. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, yeah, he's also in Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah. Well, and and well, not the villain from Thor, but the the scientist from Thor. And the scientist from Thor. Yeah, yeah. right. right yeah. It's All a big Marvel, Marvel movie. It's a big Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, King Arthur, Marvel. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're like they're just trying to, they're like just trying to do their like last mission so they can get freedom or something. That's yeah. About it. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like one of those like we're gonna tell the real story of King Arthur, and I watched it. And went. I think you made all this up. Yeah. Merlin's just some like weirdo in the woods with yeah. the magic. Um, and then I also watched the Legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah, scene. Um, you never seen it? No, that's okay. That movie's great. It's a bunch of people playing golf. Yeah, but Jack Le- <laughs> Jack Lennon dies. <laughs> he doesn't die. He has a heart attack. Uh, no, and he's, he's it. no, he's dead at the end of the movie. He walks away. Uh, yeah, he's in heaven. Oh my god! Because heaven is <laughs> heaven is a golf course. Oh my. God. Okay. Come on now. Read, read, read it should movie. be the legend of whatever Matt Damon's character is because Bill Smith just like whispers in his ear a bunch and that's it. Yeah. Like that's not a legend. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he gets $5. I was like, that's the only credit he gets for like helping that game. But Bagger Vance is like an angel. Bagger Vance is not a real human being. He's like an angel. But people which is why who, Jack, Jack other Lundin than Matt Damon, talked to him in that movie. Yeah, well, he's, he's, uh, he's not like a, an, an imaginary angel. He's not invisible. He comes out of he's he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. That movie's pretty solid. There's that scene where his son is pissed off because his dad sweeps streets, and he's like, "Ah!" And then Matt Damon sh- sits him down. And is like, "You're an asshole." And it's yeah, a great he scene. He paid back all his creditors. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else was everybody else was a shit heel, and your dad's great, and you're a dick. Like, it's a good scene. That's a good movie. I actually watched it twice because the first time I was like. I don't think I watched anything, and then I watched it again. I was like, "Yep." <laughs> oh, that's not fair. 
That movie's good. It's like he's either going to sink it or he's going to miss it. Yeah, that's golf. Yeah. But it's about life. And also dying and going to heaven. And having PTSD. Yes, it's a lot about PTSD. If that, so much that it affects your golf game. Yes. Yeah. And your relationship with... But an angel can fix it. Furiosa. Um, yes. <laughs> Actually, it is It is a pretty like obvious magic... Uh, excuse my French, but magic Negro movie... Um, which should be more offensive. That is very it, offensive. <laughs> no, no, that is a that is a, a an actual term for that like pretty offensive thing that people do in in movies where they go get like you know like like uh miss uh, what is it Clue or Cleo from the Cleo? Matrix movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's oh, always no, like Matrix. this joyful life loving black person who comes in and fixes everything and they're magical and it's a it's a it's an old motif that's really pretty bad, but. Directed by Robert good. Redford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a good uh, movie. And the last awesome thing that I saw was a documentary called Rats. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it's uh, made by Morgan Spurlock. Um, oh, is that the documentary oh. that we were supposed to see at the Esquire that one time? Might have been. Does he eat mm. rats for 30 days? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets really sick and almost <laughs> dies. No, it's just about like... Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like a documentary should be both sided, but this one's heavily like on the side of rats are a disease and a plague and they should be exterminated. So it starts off with uh, this guy in New York and they interview him. Um, and there's some great cinematography in it with like, um, but if, I feel like some, some of it had to be set up with like trained rats to get it to do. But anyway, this, the exterminator is talking about like how resilient they are and like how they adapt really well. And he's done it for 40 years and has tried every method in the books and he like, he still hasn't beaten them. But hmm. he's and he's really smart on like how they function and how to kill them, but like as soon as you find something successful, like it's quickly, like they learn and they sacrifice their own to test things and hmm. um, they're very organized and uh, it's the level of violence in this movie is like like I felt so bad for the rats like they go to several different cities to see like how cultures deal with a, like an infestation of rats. So the yeah. first one's New York City. And they're like walking down the street that like the safety uh, council is like doing this night pass through. Um, and it doesn't matter if like you have an upscale restaurant or like a shitty, um, you know, fast food restaurant somewhere like because in New York, they put all their garbage out in the streets overnight. Mm. Like they don't have dumpsters. So you can walk by and kick a stack of trash bags and like a hundred rats will scurry out of it back into the sewers. Uh. Um, and then like they go to India and, uh, like some people collect them from their like rice fields and then sell them to another guy who stacks them on a motorbike and then sells them to another guy who Who's, sells them wait, to a restaurant. In he stacks Taiwan. rats on a motorbike. Well, the cage full of rats. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like circus rats. <laughs> I got 10 rats right on top of a motorbike. No, then it, so he sells them to this like lady who has a restaurant in Taiwan and like on camera, <gasps> she, they pull them out of the bag, stuff them in another sack drown them in like a Home Depot bucket and then press another bucket to squish it down underwater to hold them under. And then she pulls out the bag, empties it. Like one of them's half breathing. Um, and it pulls out a meat cleaver and just starts chopping its arms and legs off. And then like, you can see this little nose twitching cuts off its face. Oh my God. Uh, starts grilling it. Um, oh, she oh, is intending to, it. to eat it. Yeah, like they serve. It's a delicacy at the restaurant. Why doesn't she just like chop its head off first? Why not? Why? Why yeah. does she try to drown it? Yeah, maybe it's a it's special. You're brine. humane, huh? Oh yeah, it's a, she's brining it. Yeah. Like, 
It's a salt water. It makes the hair come off easier. No, I'm sure it was just to suffocate them. Uh, so that was horrible to watch. Um, they goodness. also go to like Katrina in Louisiana. Because mm. obviously they're looking for like uh, disease mutations and things. Mm. They trap a bunch of rats in a swamp. Come back. Uh, they do the uh, the cotton ball thing to put them to sleep. Oh, yeah. Like they did the frogs in E.T. Yeah. Um, and then they start like gutting them on camera, like pulling out their lungs. And like <gasps> then they like. Uh, pull out their liver and dissect it and there's like these little parasitic worms being pulled out and they stuff them into like little um vials for sampling uh they go to england and there's an exterminator who uses dogs to catch them yeah so they stick all these dogs after these rats in this uh one hill he's got like 20 terriers and they can't find any until someone with a shovel like breaks open this mound and then all these rats start scurrying out, scurrying out. And then you watch these terriers like rip these rats apart with their teeth. And Sweet. What, like there's two terriers on one rat and they like won't give in to each other. And like the exterminator has to like step on the rat and like smack the dog in the face to like let it go. Wow. And he's like, this is the most humane way to do it. And then they cut to like footage of some English lady like dangling a dead rat by its tail and like laughing. It's <laughs> <just> like, mm. <laughs> Uh, this doesn't seem that humane. And they're all lined up on the hood of his car. Oh, wow. Um, just like, I feel, yeah, I, I get it. They're, they're a danger to health and everything, but still like humanely. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the New York exterminator talks about like having, like using poison. Eventually they become immune to the poisons that they create. Hmm. Um, and uh, if they use traps, they just send out the weakest ones to test everything. And if they get snapped, or if they use poison food or something, yeah, um, they'll piss on the poison food to let the other rats know not to touch it. Uh. Um, but the last thing is there's this, this shrine in India, and you see all these people praying, and then they, like open the doors to this other room, and it's just like infested, like thousands of rats, and they're welcome there. And so these people are like letting rats like climb on them. They have like bowls of milk that the like rats are drinking out of, and then this one dude just like reaches in his hand like cups a little thing of milk and then drinks it himself he's like see it's fine like they're our family Wait. and your family doesn't like infect you and stuff and yeah there's like little rat carvings like wood rat carvings on the door so and it's then, like it's a rat temple yeah and then they put that guy in a box with a little cotton knob thing and they open up his liver and they pull out a giant snake parasite worm and oh god yeah there's one rat that had some like paras it's like a bowfly or something. I forget what that is called, but like it just burrows its eggs under your skin <sighs> and then they hatch and like burst out like chest burster. <sighs> um, so this one rat had it and like, like they gave it the cotton ball thing, but when they were like dissecting it, they found like the hatchling hadn't come out yet. And it's just like this black slug that was like shifting and like expanding and contracting. Ew. And they stuffed uh, it in a vial. Like the every, vial was too I small hate, for it. I hate all of this. Yeah. And the last one was like, I think they were in, uh indonesia and there's just like like a street gang with machetes that just goes around like the streets are just filled with garbage so they're just kind of like kicking cans and like trying to uncover rats and uh like just brutally they would pick up a rat and like stretch its spine out like hold its head and just pull its tail and like snap its spine awful (laughs) but they get paid like that's how they make their money is like they make like 10 bucks a night like or 10 bucks a rat or something yeah um, just to go through the back streets and find as many as they can. Like yeah. that's their living. No, they have to have extreme prejudice towards them. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So would you recommend it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's if you know what you're getting into. Like if you want to see a lot of like violence against rats and I kind of do now. Uh, good cinematography and <laughs> just like the extent of which 
the like rat plague is. Yeah. Um, they, in New York, they also do like one of those like sewer cameras. So there's like a grate on the sidewalk, and they start like dropping this like tiny camera down the hole, and it's like concrete like cracks like where just pieces of concrete meet up to each other, and all of a sudden like these glowing eyes start appearing. It's like twenty to a hundred of them staring back, <laughs> like they're that far away from humanity. Like they're just Weird. waiting. <laughs> yeah, and they're so smart. They're like they say like apartments in New York, like they'll hang out until you leave. Like once they hear that door click, like yeah. you lock the door. Like they know it's time, it's okay to come in, wow. and they'll rummage through all your shit and then leave before you come back. Wow! Yeah, they're That's super crazy. smart. So Too cool. That's interesting. Yeah, hard to watch the murder, <laughs> the slaughter of all those rats, but yeah. insightful for sure. Yeah, and that's all I watched. Cool, cool, cool. Zach, uh, watched a couple things. Um, one of them was not rats. <laughs> How is that one? Is uh, that is that about not rats? Yeah. Uh, was great because I didn't have to watch rats. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I just <laughs> yeah. He's out. He's like, I saw a rat. I'm leaving. Um, I uh, I saw La La Land and IMAX with Brad. Oh, cool. Um, I actually thought that it looked well. I mean, it looked fine. Um, but I actually liked the spectacle of everything in IMAX because cool. it was shot in cin- true CinemaScope. Yeah. So the 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 way that Damien Chazelle, where he pl- where he has the camera placed uh, for all those musical sequences, it actually benefits you to see it on the biggest screen possible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll land, huh? <laughs> oh. uh, that's not yours. <laughs> Mountain Dew. He just went all the way to his car for that Crystal Pepsi. You're not allowed to steal it. I don't, no, I thought he was giving it to me because he put it right in front of me. That's true. <laughs> I have no more room. <laughs> um, uh, so that was fun. Um, sadly, we did not get the cool exclusive posters. Yeah, that was some shit. Yeah, that was Aww. some real shit. What, is it sold out? Uh, no. No, they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it. Where'd you there. see that? Oh. The AMC Highlands Ranch. 24. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was a, it wasn't Maybe it's a poster only... either. It was supposed to be sheet music for one of the songs. Really? Maybe it's only at like the real IMAXs, you know? Oh, like, well, no. The Colorado Mills it... is one, though, isn't it? No. No, no, it's, no not. it's not. Yeah. Well, it was only playing at ours and the Westminster one. So. Oh. Oh. So it wasn't at the one down off of, uh, yeah, the Dave Buster's Color, one? Yeah, the Colorado Boulevard one. Or, yeah. yeah, Mills didn't have it. But... Wow. So, yeah, um, I saw that. Um Saw the Alex Gibney documentary Sinatra All or Nothing at All. It's four hours of interview clips and stuff like that telling uh Sinatra's life. Uh it's really good. It's very extensive. Um cool. they just spell a lot of his gangland ties um pretty quickly in the first hour of the film. Yeah. But you still want to believe that <laughs> Sinatra was part of the mop. Um and uh I also watched Beauty and the Beast on uh Blu ray. The cartoon? Um, yeah, because the great thing about working in a thrift shop, guys, rich people just throw their shit away. <laughs> you, you got the uh, did you get the new one or the... the... Diamond Edition. See, that one's awesome because it has tons of special features. Yeah, yeah I know, and I got it for three ninety nine. dollars <laughs> I'd buy yeah. it too. Gross. So um, I, uh, uh, I watched it again, and um, <laughs> is it my imagination or is Spencer Kane the real-life <laughs> version of Gaston? <laughs> <laughs> he could be. Think about it for like one second, knowing who he is. 
Uh, Does he eat a dozen uh, eggs in one meal? I don't know. I I texted him as I was watching the movie. I'm like, is it safe to say that you're the real-life version of Gaston? And he just said, like, yes, and not just because I use antlers in my decorating. (laughs) (laughs) Is Spencer entitled to women he likes? (laughs) Maybe we should move on before Spencer (laughs) listens to this. (laughs) He'll just listen to it and just be happy about it. <laughs> um, but seriously, the movie looks beautiful on Blu-ray. Um, yeah. The Be Our Guest, as you were saying before, probably one of the greatest animated sequences of all time. Um, yep. So, uh, and also the ballroom sequence, which like oh, yeah, gave me yeah. a little, like choked me up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little more simple, like, but that's still elegant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the final, um, final battle between Gaston and uh, Beast. Uh, in Blu-ray, looked like it Beast was has clear. a real name. <laughs> yeah, Dan Stevens. <laughs> Dan Stevens. <laughs> what is his name in that? I forget. Uh, I don't Prin- know. Prin- Prince? Prince Beast. Yeah, Prince. Prince. Prince Beast. Okay, so Prince Beast. The fight between him and Gaston. The the rain and the way the lightning striking and whatnot. It just looks beautiful yeah. in HD. Like I don't know why I've never noticed it before. Yeah, it's good. But it just looks fantastic. Yeah, HD does wonders for hand drawn animation. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then um, last thing that I saw was um, I went to go see High Sierra at the Alamo for the Nasty Woman series. Um, and I got to see it on a thirty five millimeter print, so it was really really fun for me. Like. To watch a traditional gangster movie in its original format was fun. Not saying that you need that format, but it was a it's nice a little bonus. Yeah, it was a nice yeah. little bonus. Um, so uh, if anybody's ever seen High Sierra, it's about a bank robber who gets put out on par- parole and uh, tries to pull off one more heist. Um, and at the same time, he befriends a club-footed girl that he starts having feelings for, and he pays for a surgery to get her leg fixed, but... But guys, she doesn't love him. Oh! And when you don't love Bogey, he goes mad. <laughs> he goes Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it was really great, and um, I would encourage people who are in the Denver area to go to this Nasty Woman film series um, because it's uh, it's all about Ida Lupino, and uh, she was actually a director, not just an actress. Yeah. Um, and uh, the beautiful thing is, if you already went to the High Sierra one. Um, and you go to the other three, if you collect all four buttons that they hand out there, you get a T-shirt cool. of Ida Lupina holding a 35-millimeter camera from the Alamo Draft House. That's nice. cool. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool. And Steve did an introduction to the film, and he did a really good introduction. Um, and um, one of the benefits of this screening is that all the um, proceeds go to um, Planned Parenthood. Oh, so um, it actually goes to a good cause. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. James, uh, I actually don't really have much. Um, it was kind of a quiet week, so I don't, I don't actually think I have anything. All right, fine, James. And Sorry, you're not really contributing to the podcast either. You're <laughs> worthless this week. Yep. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Hidden Figures. Brad, should people see Hidden Figures? Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little hard. The, the ending they manufacture like suspense, but it's hard to like feel suspense when you know how <laughs> historically it's going to end. Like, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like uh, it has a couple weak points, but overall it's it's a very like emotional, satisfying movie. Zach? Uh, yeah, I, I felt that it was a uh, very solidly acted piece. Um, it's, a, it's an actor's movie, first and foremost. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the uh, um, 
the story and just like th- things I didn't know anything about when it came to the NASA story of how we got people up into space it was interesting to learn a little bit, even if it was dramatized. So yeah, <laughs> that was the end of it. You so, yeah, start, you start should... like mid sentence. <laughs> I thought that was the end of a sentence. <laughs> uh, punctuation. Punctu- oh, sorry. Uh, period. Thank you, <laughs> James. Uh, yeah, I mean, if this is your first podcast, then I'll warn you that um, I have a terrible bias and I'm extremely romantic about the space program. So uh, I started crying when the movie started and didn't stop until <laughs> two and a half hours later when it was over. Um, I, I yeah, wish I was in that theater, just being like. Guys, ruining the movie. You won't stop no, no, blubbering. No, 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 no. Quiet, quiet, lone Indian tears. You know, like why are they ruining my earth? Those kind of tears, like just, just single tears. Just every like four minutes, just one more comes down. Just a constant river of of sad coming out of my face. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the movie's beautiful. I think they really t- tell a, a wonderful story, and um, and I, for me, I, I think it it is a cool, different angle on a section of the space program that, you know, if you if you pair this with, like, From the Earth to the Moon and, and Apollo 13 and uh, The Right Stuff and some of those other movies, like, this gives you a different angle on um, not just, like, these women and the, and the role they played, but also in what it was like to actually do, to, to actually put people in space, right? Often we get the story of the astronauts and, and their bravery. This is, like... Guys, it was really hard to do math then, and we put someone into space and then onto the moon. Uh, and so I think that alone makes it a, a really fascinating story, uh, and it's even made better by the fact that there's a really great emotional character drama along with it. So, yeah, for sure, people should go see it. Yeah, I agree with everything James said. They, uh, I, I, oh, but not with what I said? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, uh, bro? <laughs> I, just said, I just said more because I always talk too much. Yep. I, when we ever do space movies, James just... I say, hey, Jim, should people see the movie? And then you just got to sit back for like five minutes. Um, <laughs> just wait till I tell, talk to you about uh, uh, Gus Grissom and how he died. We'll get there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the movie's great. And it's always fun to see, you know, uh, I, I'll call it the unsexy side of NASA, where it's, you know, the the numbers. It's not, James the said paperwork. it. The, yeah, yeah. The astronauts, you know, uh, trying to figure out. Uh, how to so many calculations yeah yeah <laughs> just the astronauts trying to figure out how to get through space and stuff so it's fun and i thought the uh, all the lead actresses were wonderful in it and yeah so you should see this movie here's a trailer for hidden figures equilateral isosceles tetrahedron i have never seen a mind like the one your daughter has you have to see what she becomes come on uh-huh. move like that hey, Catherine. We all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Oh, I'll sit in the back of the bus. <laughs> you kiss me up. You have identification on? We're just on our way to work at NASA, sir. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. You know what we're doing here? We're putting a human on top of a missile, shooting them into space that's never been done before. I need a mathematician that can look beyond the numbers. Math that doesn't yet exist. We have someone? Running what I'm playing. Catherine's the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. You're a computer at NASA. You let women handle that sort of... Yes, they let women do some things at NASA, Mr. Johnson. And it's not because we wear skirts. It's because we wear glasses. You 
been gone for 300 hours. Was Mama gone for 12 and a half days? No, but it felt like it. In 14 days, astronauts will be here for training. Everything we do is going to matter to their wives, to their children. I believe it's going to matter to the whole country. My gals are ready. There's no protocol for women attending. There's no protocol for a man circling the earth either, sir. We all get there together, we don't get there at all. Let me ask you, if you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Don't you know that we're able? Isn't it cool that Kevin Costner destroys racism with the power of a crowbar? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Man. That was... NASA would pee the same color. People in my theater clapped. Like, yeah, mine too. Oh, yeah. mine too, yeah. Um, Nobody in my theater clapped. <laughs> oh, people, like, I got applause at the end. There was like... There were oh. there were cheers when she gives her like you don't even touch my coffee pot speech. Oh yeah, um, he also destroys the racism with the power of tearing off a label. Yeah, I know he's good. He's he's really he's good a, at destroying. We should we should put Kevin Costner in charge. I of think the, Kevin Costner uh, should be in more movies. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do. do. I always like him. Like him. Yeah, but I mean, he uh, probably doesn't have to because he's like in the early nineties. He made so much money, so he's probably really selective with what he does. Yeah, but. I think now he just makes the movies. He's like, yeah, this one's me. Yeah. And what's funny is like the crowbar scene is one of the few scenes that I had a problem with. Because there's no transition, so I'm like, wait, how did all of our important characters get into this hallway at once? Like, <laughs> did he just call, like, hey, I need everybody to the hallway, I'm going to break well, a sign Well, you missed the, the deleted wall. scene where they're like, uh, Harrison's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I was thinking they're going, like, so he's destroying the bathroom that's, like, a mile away from, like, shouldn't he put, like, everyone's oh. welcome on the one that's closest well, no, to them? Well, no, because he's tearing down the only colored bathroom at NASA. Right. So, so that means that all of them are the same now, because there's, there's not a whites only sign over the... Over the whites only one. Uh, over the ladies' restroom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's in just the a ladies' room. East time. wing. Uh. Yes. 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 They're in the west wing. Yeah. Um. So by tearing down the sign that says coloreds, you know, ladies' room, like then they're all the same. That was the the point. But, like right. I said, he destroys racism. But, yeah. But it doesn't quite immediately solve her problem, which is what they really need to focus on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't. It's. Because yeah. I imagine like whoever wasn't in the room when that's that decree went down like there's probably still other people at the nasa facility who are giving her dirty looks for walking into oh yeah the no closest bathroom still. no it, no everyone was still racist yeah <laughs> uh he was just making sure that she didn't need to spend 40 minutes going to the bathroom um which uh i don't know there's a lot this is a movie with a lot of like little subplotty things kind of you know like that that I, I think are usually pretty fun even the whole opening sequence with the car and the oh, cop yeah, pulling him over is such a fascinating scene yeah, that um, one uh, so lady fun. who played, uh, I can't forget, I don't know why I remember her name, but the one who went to, um, the Miss Jackson. Oh, who the one who went to school? Yeah, I thought yeah. she was great in the movie. Yeah, she was really good, you know, and, and that, that opening scene does a great job of, like, setting up who they are, mm -hmm. that, like, you've got the one who actually sort of is trying to take care of everybody and is resourceful, uh, and sort of an engineer, and then you've got, um, our main character, uh, whose name now I don't remember. Uh, uh, Ka Catherine. Kath Catherine. Yeah. Catherine Goble. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and then you've got yeah, you know, her, you know Miss Jackson, who is like the, the really wants to be the rebellious Mary one. Jackson. Yeah, Mary Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really great, uh, great little scene. And then, well, it's actually the so the first scene when we're when we're seeing her as a little girl and like her family agrees to basically uproot their family to move her someplace where mm -hmm. she can get a better education and like. You know, going in, you know, oh, okay, she's gonna grow up to help put a man into space. 
uh, that's where I was just immediately emotional, and I was like, <laughs> and it wasn't even a, like a racial thing necessarily. Like that plays a lot into it, obviously, but there was still just a layer for me of like, no, like th- so many people who were a part of this project. That's that is a part of like what is wonderful about this that it took so many people and they were all on this path to eventually do what I consider to be the greatest thing that mankind has ever achieved. Um, like it's just, well, it's so cool. And too, when you see movies like that where, uh, you know, Barack Obama, you can politically whatever you want. He's such a great speaker. Yeah. And then you hear Kennedy speak about oh, the space. Yeah. Oh, you, no matter what, uh, speech you listen to him talk about space. It's just like, uh, he just, yeah. Inspires, and they played just enough of that speech, yeah. you know, because even that that one little soundbite of the, you know, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because always hard. gets me. <laughs> not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Um, he's just, wicked hard for the space program hard. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just really, really pretty fantastic. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun. Even uh, the guy who played uh, John Glenn, I love his. Uh, yeah. At, at the end, when he's on the phone, he's like, "What about the the smart girl?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the smart girl. I want the girl. They're trying that. really hard to make him cool and like charismatic. Like, yeah, well, yeah I they can't were, believe John obviously. Glenn was like, yeah, like it felt very. I totally can. Hyper. You know what? They succeeded. Yeah, old, old, yeah. yeah, old John Glenn was really charismatic and like you know, yeah. uh, because he's one of the few people that that actually sort of became like an like an outspoken icon of, you know, like him and Buzz Aldrin. And there's, you know, just a few that, like, you actually get to see. Yeah. Um, well, I've never really anyways. seen them, like, be people. They've always been just, like, faces in a history book. Oh, really? So I've never, like, seen them just be people. So, like, watching this movie, it just feels like... Yeah. Like, that John Glenn, he was a good old boy. Like, <laughs> a lot of them were. Like, you you see a lot of those documentaries and, and meet these guys, and they're all... I mean, they're they're test pilots, you know? Like, they're... They're they're evil Knievel dudes who are are wicked smart, um, but really just want to do something crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean John Glenn did a lot. Like back in the '90s, I remember when I was in school, um, you, you saw him like going to schools and universities and speaking, and like you know he did a lot of that kind of stuff where he was a, a very outspoken, um, pretty charismatic guy. Which is why it's sad that you know we just lost him a, a couple of weeks ago. It was kind of one of the, another one of those emotional things yeah. where, like, when he has these really great scenes in the movie, you're like, oh, I miss you already. <laughs> oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a really, really solid movie. And they do a great job of making math cool and interesting, yeah. you know? And I wanted more of it. Since Goodwill yeah, yes, I totally like, wanted more I understand more of why it. it's, like, not more in there, but, like, the part where uh, <laughs> Big Bang Theory guy, like, they're actually doing, like, he's explaining the rocket with, like, the no-go zone. Yeah. I'm it, you know, throughout the rest of the movie, there's just like these vague calculations. And yeah. I'm like, I want to know what those specifically mean and things. Right. And oh, yeah. So that's like the only downside really is like, I want <laughs> the educational part. And I get it's not in there because someone at the studio is like, we can't bore the audience. No, yeah, well, no, it's, because it's already two and a half hours long. Yeah. It's like, I, I always love being in theaters though when, uh, besides the lady who was telling me after something happened, what just happened oh, no. next to me. But I do love it when the crowd reacts to things in movies. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Catherine has that line where sh- she's like, "You need to start acting like a boss or something." Yeah. Oh, and everyone so in my theory is like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fun." Yeah, mine too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the movie was lots of fun. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the emotional core is great too. Uh, the lady who played Catherine, what's her? Um, um, Octavia Spencer is the is yeah. the one woman. I don't know the other two. I forget the name. Taraji P Henson is yeah, the lead. Taraji oh yes, P. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, oh, she's wonderful. Yeah, she has that uh, 
a scene I think at the dinner where she's getting proposed to like yeah. that made me cry oh man like, that's I was good like, I was like oh fuck you and again like just, a tears like coming down my cheek <laughs> just as, like a simple little subplot yeah. but like but again also gives you a lot of grounding to like because it spans you know a very long period of time really and so gives you some input into like or, or a, a perspective into the fact that like these were people living their normal lives like I, I even love that scene where you know, the Russians have, have put a man into space and he goes to them and goes like, you all need to call your wives because like you're this is your life now. Like yeah. you're going to work and you're not going to get paid for it. And we're going to do this, you know, um, and and just to give you sort of that that perspective of what that looked like uh, and what it would have been like to actually be in in yeah. this weird room where you're just doing math all day and like checking other people's math. Like what a crazy, uh, crazy thing, you know. I do. Um, My two favorite sequences, obviously, I talked about one, which was the uh, um, crowbar scene. Yeah. But the second one was um, he's in the, uh, Kevin Costner's in the room with the IBM people. Yes. And uh, he just says, "I'm not paying you." Yeah. And then I'm not paying any a, of you. And he takes a beat, a beat. I'm not paying any of you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole that was when the audience reacted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that line is good. like, yeah, they have like a tape measure and they're looking at it. It's like it needs yeah. to be bigger. He's like, it needs to be bigger. Use the big hammer. Use the big hammer. <laughs> Did no one measure these things? Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, that's another one of those like cool things where it's and you know that they are they're taking liberties with with making all these things happen at the same time and like really trying to make it it one big cohesive thing. Oh yeah. But, but it does give you again this really cool idea of like yeah man this is a time when all of this stuff was in transition and and they were building these yeah. giant spool computers to to replace. You know, rooms full of people doing math all day long, which is just insane. Yeah, and you know, I, I like that each of the uh, main characters had a purpose. I mean, obviously they did in real life too, but they didn't rely on each other to get where they're going. They had they each had their own self uh, ability to get there. Yeah, you know, whether it's uh, being great at math, wanting to be an engineer, or wanting to be a supervisor. And you know, she took upon herself to learn this stuff. I, I love that motivation. Yeah, um, that they each kind of have their own arc. Yeah. But it's not codependent on other people. Um, I do want to draw a little attention. Okay, I've talked about this before. People should go see. Um, you can get it, the old HBO. Um, not it's not really a documentary. It's like a, it's a mini series, uh, kind of like a Band of Brothers, but it was made after Apollo thirteen. Um, called uh, From the Earth to the Moon. There's in the first episode they talk about this, and so there's a there's a lot of little things like this in 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 Hidden Figures where they're they're either paying homage or actually showing you really cool, important moments in the space program, but they're just like footnotes, you mm-hmm. know? Um, one of them being when uh, when Gus Grissom comes down after his first flight and uh, crashes in the ocean, and we get to see the, the door pop off, and he's, it starts to flood, and we lose his ship, um, which for me was actually maybe the most emotional moment in the movie. Um, and the reason, if you're a NASA fan, you'd know this story, but um, you should go check out that, that show because they talk about this this little story, which is um, Gus Grissom died in the Apollo 1 fire. Mm. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons why that was so bad um, was because by the by Apollo 1, they had replaced the hatch with a, with a hatch. You actually had to turn the dial and then pull the door in, which in the three or so seconds that the fire started, there was too much pressure inside the cabin, so you couldn't... Ed White couldn't pull the door open. Um, so, what's interesting is that everyone thought that Gus Grissom 
was mistaken and that he had accidentally blown the hatch and that that's why, what went wrong. Um, but they eventually proved that he was right and that it could malfunction, which is why they switched it out. If it weren't for that door malfunctioning, they would have been a an explosive hatch and he and Ed White and Chaffee would have survived Apollo, yeah. uh, Apollo 1. Um, which is, even now, I'm like, oh, man, like I hate that story. Um, but so when that came up in the movie, I was just like, I was already, you know, moved. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I was like, I'm done. This is the worst. I, I can't, I can't handle this. Why did you show me that? That's awful. Wait. So in the movie, um, Gus Grissom almost drowned. Yes. And then he later, he, also he dies died, in but, the Apollo one fire. Yeah. yeah it sucks. Um, yeah, there's a really great, uh, again, you go watch from the earth to the moon. There's this great moment where they're doing the witch hunt to try and figure out whether or not they should just shut down the Apollo program. Uh, after the fire and this guy who's who ends up sort of being the hero of that moment um, talks to the engineer who just starts to sort of have this breakdown because he says yeah I'm the guy who proved that Gus was right if I hadn't done my job well we wouldn't have changed the door and Gus would still be alive and it's just and it's the same kind of thing where you get to see the perspective of these people who were the engineers and Mm -hmm. and you know they're the guys who did this day to day uh, and how hard they were working to pull off something miraculous um it's just such a cool story, and it's why it's why I love these movies and this kind of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, man, it's really good. It is. It, this movie also made me really realize how much like, oh yeah, I like space movies. Yeah, those are fun. I should watch Apollo thirteen again. Yeah, you should. Good. You should. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, good. it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, it was just like the whole, the whole as I'm walking out of the theater, I'm like, I really need to watch Tom Hanks try to figure. <laughs> Fit up. What is the line? Fit a square up. peg into a round, round hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> you should also watch Moon. I have seen you, Moon. You shouldn't watch Moon. It's not very good. <laughs> I said that because James hates it. Yeah. <laughs> Moon's it a is good, good though. Moon is a good movie. It's not good. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's overwrought. You mean it's I not real? <laughs> is that why? Uh yeah. Because well, we haven't done any of it yet. <laughs> no, it's just not. It's not NASA indoors. No, it's just a really obvious. <laughs> it's a really obvious sci-fi movie. Yep. It's not very good. It's pretty boring. Uh, I'd say if uh, on the scale of Apollo 13 and Independence Day Insurgents, <laughs> it's like three like notches three. above Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I'd be fine with that. Uh, the, the practical effects on the moon are good. Yep. Anyway. Uh, next pictures. week we're seeing The Founder. Oh, is that what we're doing? Uh, Sweet. Yeah, that's what Brad wants to see, so I guess what's we're fucking seeing. Is it showing something? Oh, if town? you want to see something else. No, I know. do not want to see Triple X Return to Xander Cage. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing Triple X Return to Xander Cage. Guys, let's all see that and then tell him we saw the founder so we can get back at him for London has Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's actually, I think I still win in that situation. No we all come back like, my eyes. Well, I don't know. I think that the three people who might like the founder are probably us, and then you're, you know, there's a good know, chance you might like come out of me like, movie. Uh, yeah. The founder? Um, yeah, I like yeah. McDonald's. Oh, no, I, I, I want to see it. <laughs> I like Michael Keaton. Strangely enough, I was thinking about doing that where I was going to pull a big switch and be like, well, I don't know because I saw silence. <laughs> Ooh, I, might, I'm, I may see it that. Loses, it loses the impact because I've already done it. So now you're just like uh, rebooting what I'm trying to do and it just watered down. It was, it was a terrible reboot yes. idea. That's why I didn't do it. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it can never be as good as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So you like Casino is... Royale a lot. <laughs> I like Casino Royale. Have I talked about how Triple X, the original Triple X, has one of my my favorite lines from a villain? Yeah. What is it? Bitches. Bitches come. Yeah. Bitches come. It's great. And then and then just hot ladies walk through the door. Why is that a scene? There's that there's that like rule of thumb in screenwriting that like the last line of dialogue said in a scene should should be 
the purpose of the scene, mm-hmm. right? Or should draw attention to the purpose of the scene. Well, the, the last line of dialogue in that in that scene is "bitches come," and they did come. Yeah, and then the bitches walk in. <laughs> so I think the the point of that scene is that bitches come. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. As always, bye, bye, bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.